You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new Zone 32 podcast episode. We're here to recap what happened on Sunday. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. And introducing the man with the Twitter handle at Breakfast Carrot, the Breakfast Carrot man himself, Robert. Say what's up to the people. Hello, people. What's up? Shut the fuck up, Robert. All right. So let's get into it. <laughs> so, the, oh, Sunday night football happened. Ravens wore all black, and they improved to 6-0 and under Lamar Jackson as a starting quarterback when they dress in all black. So, Drew, you were at the game, and you were awake through the entire duration of the game. So give me your thoughts on what happened at the game. Yeah, just a uh, truly heroic performance by me, because apparently it's tough to stay awake during primetime games against division opponents. Uh, we'll get into that later, though. Um, honestly, it was an ugly win, but I'll take it. Uh, win's a win. Being a division opponent's always good. Uh, Devin Duvernay is my wide receiver one from now on. Um, I know we have some narratives online about Rashad Bateman, wide receiver one. I'm, I'm a Duvernay guy since uh, November, or September 25th. First time I tweeted that, so I'm going to stick with it. That's my, uh, you know, that's my new move. Uh, defense looked really good. Um, Queen had the interception, which, again, I think pretty much anybody here would have caught, but it's just the fact that he converted on it is nice. Uh, you know, stopping Joe Burrow, that, that goal line stand against them was great. Uh, taking the points seemed to work this week with Tucker, so maybe my last week's um, you know, vehement defense of Harbaugh going for seven might have been bad. I guess maybe you stack up points and maybe it works out in the end. Um, still a little worried about our offensive line. Uh, didn't look great. Morgan Moses kind of looks lost. So now I'm wondering, do you put Flaley in over him? And, you know, Lamar didn't have his best game, but it was still nice to win when he was, you know, had an ugly start. So no complaints out of me. Again, anytime you beat a division rival at home on Sunday night football, it's always good. So, yeah, uh, I think Moses actually improved this week over the past two. Um, it's still, I don't know. Yeah, we we had to know though with him we weren't going to get elite right tackle play, but um, he he it was an improvement this week. I think the offensive line played really well overall. Um, we ran the ball. We, we ran for 155 yards this week. Um, we did not give J.K. Dobbins the ball enough for his liking. Apparently, um, he's he's getting Four mad months. online. Yeah, I think we would all be fine with him getting the ball more. I think though uh, after we get a a hard-fought division win uh, against a team that embarrassed us last year two times, that maybe you don't go on a uh, a tweet-liking spree, um, you know, liking tweets of fans saying that we should trade J.K. Dobbins uh, so that he can, you know, get more carries. He even himself earlier this year had a similar situation pop up where he um, – he, he was telling everyone he was gonna. He was yeah. He was gonna play week one. You know, he, he obviously he's a competitor. He wants to play, but um, he's recovering from a, a catastrophic knee injury. So you know, I think the coaching staff is right to ease him in. Um, but you know, uh, can't hate it that he he wants the ball more. That he wants to contribute more. Uh, I think he will. I think we'll see him get more. Like last week, he had thirteen carries. So I think it was situational too. Um, but it maybe it had to do with the, the defense we were playing against. I don't know. I don't know what the thinking was, but the, the Twitter activities, it, it's ill, ill timed to my, for me, because it's just like we, you know, the team should be capitalizing on the morale aspect of winning that game at home 
with two bad losses at home that we were trying to, uh, you know, set the, the season back on track. And now you're just going to get mad. You didn't get the ball enough. I think that's, you know, there's a time and place for that. And and we, we've seen one guy in the past pull similar stunts and he's not here anymore. So uh, hopefully I that's not the, my, the path we're going down. In my one defense of him, I think eight carries on 26 snaps played and no passes thrown towards him is pretty bad use of him considering how well he played all night. Um, and this could have been, like you said, it poorly timed, you know, don't go on Twitter after you just won a big game and kind of shut some people down. But also Greg Roman is a terrorist. So we kind of have to, you know, remember that and remember that this isn't just a one week thing that this has been uh, two right. seasons of JK. Uh, yeah, you, could, with you could tell too, like, I, I think that him being back was part of like, it brought juice to the offense. Like the way oh, he yeah. was running the ball, like the power he was running with, like, I love the way he runs the ball. Yeah, it was ill time, the Twitter stuff and all that. That's just a competitor being like, I want the ball more. I don't think he legitimately wants to be traded. And I think it was a snap count. I think it was that was a, main, a, a probability of it because there's, no, I mean, Greg Roman's an idiot, but there's no way he's that much of an idiot that you don't feed the hot hand like the way that JK was running. And like I right. said, when he was making those big, powerful runs, carrying defenders, extending runs, breaking tackles, like the offense would get juiced and come out. It fires up the offensive line. It fires up Lamar. It gets everybody on the same page. Um, same thing for the defensive side of the ball. Marcus Peters brought that juice. How I talked about last week, how Marlon Humphrey was playing with an edge. This week, you know, juice man brought the juice. And, man, I got nervous as hell on that reverse pass because he didn't wrap up. He just shouldered him. And I'm like, man, that's just not a guy that you just like – but he bodied him. I mean, he – hey, I'll take it. But he was aggressive. He got, called, he got called for a bullshit pass interference that was perfect coverage down the sideline, down the right sideline. I mean, it. if anybody's going to get fucked by a call, it's going to be Baltimore. We know that. If there's a 50-50 call, it's not going Baltimore's way, period. And the other P.I. with Kyle Hamilton, I think that was just a rookie mistake not getting his head around. Like, you have no reason to put your hands on that guy right there. Ball's clearly overthrown, out of bounds, through the side of the end zone. You give him a fresh set of downs, but we held up. Um, but I, I I was happy with the win. That was a must win. Shit was going to burn down if they lost that game. But coming yeah. out on top, defense showed out. 17 points allowed against a high-powered offense. You know, they didn't have T. Higgins, but – I'm happy with the win. Lamar, when you win and Lamar doesn't have to put up 400 yards and five combined touchdowns, you know he's going to have those games. So for him to be human, it's okay. But yeah. for him to be human and win, it's even better. Yeah, so getting back to JK, I did have a question earlier that I, I don't even know how to find the answer to it. But I went and looked. We, got, we, had, went and looked. we had – you did. Okay, so I'm going I'm yeah. to – I'll pose the question and then you can follow up with it. So we had Ronnie Stanley back. Ronnie Stanley looked really good when he was in the game. He was on he was on his own snap count, and I'm wondering if the uh, amount. Well, number one, if you look at J.K. Dobbins' output the past two weeks before this week with Ronnie in the in the lineup, he was running for like 3.3 yards per carry. This week he was running at 5.5 yards per carry, and there obviously the difference is we we have Ronnie Stanley in the lineup. I'm just wondering if his carries aligned with. Ronnie Stanley's snaps. Do you have that answer? So it, it looked like it did. I went and counted. I counted six of his eight carries for with Ronnie on the field. So there you go. I think okay. So yeah. there, there is probably a correlation there where as Ronnie Stanley plays more, J.K. is going to get the ball more. And to, you know, it's also fair to point out 
the running backs didn't get that many carries overall. They had 16 mm-hmm. carries, uh, and he had eight. he had eight of them. So he split the carries. He had 50%, and then and it's not even it's three other players because Duvernay had three three carries himself. Mm-hmm. So it was sure. the other two running backs and Devin Duvernay accounted for the other eight. And then Lamar had 12 carries himself, which, you know, you can't – I don't think there's anybody who's surprised by that. He's always going to get – I think Lamar's going to get in a game like that when, you know, the ball he, – he wasn't throwing the ball that great, but we're going to see 8 to 12 carries from Lamar Jackson every week. That's that's a it's, given unless, you know, there's really no matters. need for him to be running the ball. Yeah. Yeah, especially like when it matters, crunch time. But I have a question. So do you guys think that – um, Macari getting the nod on the rotating uh, series with Stanley over Falele. Do you think that had to do with Trey Hendrickson on that side going against the rookie? Maybe put the more athletic tackle out there. Yeah, that's definitely. my that's my guess. Is that you always want the experienced guy? And plus, I don't know if you want to keep bringing a rookie like Falele in and out. You know, you kind of want to let him get in a groove and kind of play the whole game. So if you're, you know, I, it wasn't like a a straight rotation either. Like there was a couple series there where they rotated between the guys. And I don't think you want to do that with Flaley. I think you want to kind of keep him on more of a, you know, you're going to play the whole game and kind of, you know, get in a groove. I would yeah. like to get away from that rotation shit anyway, because uh, McCary is not the best left tackle. I mean, like last year um, when Ronnie went out very quickly in that first game, uh, McCary took over at left tackle and he was horrible horrible at left tackle and we had Villanueva playing right tackle and we flipped him moving forward from week two on and McCary was really good playing right tackle and we know what happened with Villanueva but um I would not I would like to see uh McCary go back to his uh sort of like jack of all trades on the offensive line role super utility guy Philele be the swing tackle and uh Ronnie you know get out there for a full full game uh, you know I, I don't understand this we i thought the whole no, no, rhetoric around no, the whole no. thing was he's talking about uh we're not going to have ronnie in the lineup till he's ready 100 percent. well that wasn't 100 percent. and obviously when he was on the field we were we were much more efficient running the ball so i don't, I don't know i'd like to see that I, I hopefully was, that doesn't last long i was worried carrots? i see carrots is in here what do you think carrots oh, no so i'm f- I think I would also probably prefer Falele as the swing tackle and just Makari just is pretty much the jack of all trades guy in the in the interior. Like uh in case like Lenderman goes down or Ben Powers continues to just be wishy washy and if he wants to play good or not. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean you guys are all kind of just putting it on putting on all the all the answers right now. So I So think. I have another observation about the defense too. The defense was dominating. We were up ten nothing, and defense was dominating. We were playing. We were pressing in man coverage. Uh, you know, right off the bat, the Bengals tried. I think two plays in a row, maybe even three. That first drive, they tried these quick little throws to uh, to chase to try just get the ball in his hand and, and get chunks of yardage, and it yeah. wasn't happening. And well, Burrow so, only averaged four yards an attempt, so right. that's terrible. So yeah, my question like, is this: one. Yeah, we, we went up 10 points, and then suddenly we went into a zone, and then they started moving the ball. So I'm like, all right, McDonald is making a change here that's not really necessary. I mean, I understand if you play man the whole game, you're going to wear your guys out. But, like, when you see it not working, when you see them the, the offense start to get into a groove, maybe we go back to what was working. That It concerned me because we didn't let them back Williams in the game. Out. I yeah. think it was okay. when Williams came out is when we made that switch to that uh, cover two shell with having two deep safeties. 
Which is a huge difference. Gino is a playmaker. The way he, he attacks, like his angles when he attacks the run gaps, like we don't, we haven't had a safety do that in a while. Like he, like there's like safeties have different strengths. The way that he angles run gaps, I mean, he just the dude. He he balls out when he gets his chance, and he you he's know he's more of a box safety to me, huh? He's more of a box safety to me. Uh, yeah, like you said, yeah. it's close to the line of scrimmage, and so we need. Uh, you, this is Kyle Hamilton's time to step up. Mark Swain's going to be out for four weeks now, at least, right? So I think that's what you I heard. Still box at least, on tight ends, at least, though. Yeah. I think yeah, you can still box Hamilton and tight ends. I think Gino's earned the role to fill in. But I know where we're all at on the same page is we'll do anything to minimize Chuck Clark's snaps. Yeah, yep. I mean, he's going to play 100% of snaps because he still played all the reasons, snaps. Yeah, right. Yeah, they won't take they won't take him off the field because he's got to call the plays. Yeah, him and Greg Roman must have some deep vault of secrets against you know the Ravens coaching staff and ownership yeah. group. But yeah, but it so it is fair though to, to say with the defense because the defense uh, gets a lot of shit. Uh, I don't know where they where we rank now, but going into this week, we were the dead last ranked pass defense in the league. I, I I made this argument that being the worst pass defense in the league is like people assume it means that the secondary is playing poorly when our secondary has been probably the strength of the defense, even though the other team is putting up big yardage. Because I think a lot of that yardage is happening uh, in the second level against the linebackers, and we know the linebackers are our weak spot. But yeah. uh, the defense now two weeks in a row against two offenses that we know are capable of scoring a lot of points. The Bengals haven't really done it this year yet, but we know they have the playmakers to do it. Have limited. They've they've allowed three touchdowns in two weeks. They've allowed what now twenty three plus seventeen, so forty points in two weeks. I think if you're holding teams to an average of twenty points, you're going to win most of your games. So even with us not scoring a whole lot of points the past two weeks on offense, the defense is doing their job. Um, and the, the bang, as I say, the Bengals' no. defense over their last sixteen games has held people to I think it's like sixteen point five points a game. I saw or something like that too. So it wasn't like we were going against some um, you know terrible defense right. and our offense had a horrible blitz. I mean, yeah, their their defense is okay. It's 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 not bad, and I think that it, we did much better. Or we did enough to win, which is really all that right. That well, and we were also two errant. Uh, Lamar Jackson throws on walk-in oh God, touchdowns man. away from blowing them out by three scores. He hits those 10 times out of 10, too. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't know what so... was going on with Lamar the other night, but he's allowed to have an off night, yeah. totally. Yeah. It was frustrating to watch because the, the interception was uh, – the interception, I think, um, was the worst throw of the three. And when he threw, when he made Duvernay that throw – what's that? The Duvernay one was bad. It was. But was... The, so the pick was just a bad read and throw. Yeah. It was just everything about that was bad. And it was, you know, it was outside the numbers. It was, he, I think it was probably 20 yards down the field. It was just like the exact throw that everyone says he can't make very well, the, all the people that don't know any better um, or that who, who don't want to understand that he makes those throws all the time. So when he made that throw, I was like, uh, I mean, that was ugly, but I always expect that he's going to come back and make a throw that makes you forget about that. And then yeah. he missed basically the same throw to Wallace, but it was uncovered. There's no one near him. That was, I mean, that, like I said, I think any any of us could make that throw to Wallace well, just running the, uncovered the down the sideline. On the interception, I could argue I'd have to see I'd have to go back and watch it again, but I could argue that the receiver didn't run that route deep enough. Probably. That's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think happened too. But again, that's still a, you, you got to. I mean, he overthrew him by enough that you you can't make that throw. 
Yeah. And then the Duvernay one's really bad too, because it's really just, all you got to do is just put it into the middle of the end zone. You had, I mean, Duvernay had both defenders beat by three or four yards. Oh. And it's a guy you trust, you know, it's a, yeah. yeah. So you can make the argument for Wallace, the timing's off, you know, you don't usually throw the ball to Wallace, like whatever you can, you can have that whole debate and kind of, I don't know if give Lamar an excuse for making a bad throw there is the right way to put it, but like you can at least kind of rationally wrap your head around it. Duvernay has been, you know, basically your go-to guy all year. You can't yeah. miss yeah. that throw. Well, yeah. so hear me out on this too. Lamar has, like I've already talked about probably in my opinion, the strongest arm in the NFL. People can say what they want. His snap throw, he's got a cannon. So sometimes with him, I think his trouble is is he gets it out too soon on some of those deep passes because he, I mean, yeah. his trajectory, like, I mean, he needs to get it out. I mean, when you're overthrowing Hollywood Brown, you're overthrowing Dever Duvernay, you, you know, those guys are like world-class sprinters. When you're overthrowing them and you are sitting back there in the pocket with your drop and you still step into it and overthrow them, like – and dude's got a hose. So, I mean, I think that's a lot of his problem is, like, his arm is just, he just got a – it's a touch thing. Yeah, well, and I've noticed this with him since 2020. Uh, I didn't see a lot with, in 2019 because he wasn't missing very many throws in 2019. But since 2020, I've noticed sometimes, especially on a night like the other night where he misses a throw early, that pick, he presses a little too hard and his mechanics slip. And he'll float balls because he's he, – he, he comes with a weird arm angle. He's tra- he's side arming it because he's trying to put more on it. Whatever the case may be, his mechanics sometimes get away from him when he lets like a bad throw kind of linger in his brain. So I think that may have had something to do with it. It's just it's frustrating to watch him miss three throws like that in one game because uh, he's not a guy who makes three mis- three of the same mistake. And you know he's he's a guy who usually bounces back. So I'm not concerned. It's going to linger to the next game. It was just like. It would have been nice to hit one of those, you know, after the, the interception, the interception is the interception. You know, you have a, you have a bad throw. Okay. Bounce back, come back, make a throw, forget about it. But he, you know, he had those, those two more opportunities to, to hit somebody and he missed him. So it would have been ni- nice to not have to rely on uh, that last drive and Tucker making a kick for us. But, you know, we have the, the best kicker of all time. And it, I, I wasn't sweating that drive at all. I, I mean, I, I was like, this what's going to happen. I, as soon as as soon as we got the ball back with that amount of time, it was I knew it was gonna what was happening. So I was really just wondering if we were gonna kick a field goal or score a touchdown there to, to win the game. It yeah, wasn't really. Yeah, we were winning that game. Yeah, with just the yeah. amount of time, the situation, we were winning that game. Do you guys think DJ Moore likes to, uh wants, wants to come run some routes? I would happily take him. I would take Brian I mean, Burns. Also, you you guys all know my opinions on DJ Moore. So you won't take him into fantasy though. Well, okay, look, all right, look, just because I love the player, yeah. I gotta be I gotta be logistical when it comes to fantasy. And unfortunately, the first three weeks of fantasy really really it really hurt me last not this past week, but the week before to to bench DJ Moore. And I started I think it was Alan Lazard the past two weeks in my flex over DJ Moore. He's had and, a good couple of weeks though. Are you saying well yeah, you can't and, well and this this goes back to to Robert's original argument that dj moore was succeeding despite quarterback play that's not really the case right now but i don't i don't think it's an indictment of dj moore's skill i just think that robert had him a little overrated in, in terms of where he falls in the 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 tiers of nfl wide receivers the, way, robert, the way that Mike. him bateman 
and I'm not even going to include Andrews, but the way that him, Bateman, and Duvernay's skill sets would complement each other in this offense with Lamar would be, like, next level. But yeah. because it makes sense, we know the shit's not going to happen. Right, and their ages. Like, we could have those guys together for five years. We wouldn't even have to oh, think about the wide receiver position. Yeah. So you're talking about presumably we're going to have Lamar on an extension that's at least five years, and we can have that group of wide receivers. Then we all we're worried about is some – Wide receiver depth. We're good at uh, at at the back back end of the uh, the depth chart, guys. We have plenty of them. Okay. I mean, we well, have we can, Slade we... Bolden for next year. We have Slade Bolden. We have Andy Isabella. Like we're we're in good shape. Bailey Gaither, yeah. Just we'll just have a whole we roster of white guys that that are just you know ready when we need them. Brit, they're not yeah. going to be they're not going to be tweeting about uh, use your soldiers and all that bullshit. They're just going to sit around and wait until their names called. That's fine. But if we had DJ Moore added to the Duvernay-Bateman uh, dynamic that we have right now that we already see is very successful. I mean, yeah, we go from uh, going into the season, everyone's laughing at us saying we have the worst wide receiver group in the history of the NFL to, I mean, that, that's one of the best groups in the, in the NFL as far as I'm concerned, just based on the way right. they've been playing. I'd take Robbie Anderson too. I wouldn't turn him down. Sure. I mean, I, no, think, yeah, I think, of course. I think right, he's so more realistic. But To ask each of you, if if you got a shot at one from the Panthers, DJ Moore or Brian Burns? Burns is the bigger need now, right now. Yeah. So he would be, he would be immediate impact guy, and Moore would be too. But our offense isn't as much of a in desperate need of of that influx. Like I think we can get that elsewhere. I didn't even think about it till today. Bowler is going to be coming off. Uh, the short term IR here soon, so we're going to be adding yeah, another red zone. Nick, well, I'm just saying, right. So yeah. uh, we're not going to have this like collection of tight ends who are just eating up uh, game day active roster spots. Like I don't think Oliver, maybe Oliver will stay around because he plays special teams. I don't know, but so Kohler as like a possession guy, and likely I would like to see them scheme him a few a few plays just to take advantage of his skill set. But I don't know. I mean, I you know. The offense, I don't know, is in desperate need of DJ Moore. It's a luxury add. But if we can do it, we should. But I think if we can get Burns, we that, that's the one we should really be going for because the defense needs that. Like I said, I think a lot of the 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 reason we were ranked so lowly in terms of uh, the pass defense is because we have Patrick Queen getting torched by tight ends and wide receivers and whoever else he, he's just like finding himself covering. But Isn't we could we could like definitely use ends. Burns. So, like, if we traded for Burns, we could trade for him and then hopefully get an extension done. I think he's got his fifth-year option next year, right? Oh, well, I mean, awesome. yeah, so I, think, I think we'd get him for the rest of this year, and then I think we'd get him for 23 as well. So, again, our extension yeah. would make sense, but he's also, you know, he's locked up for another year. Yeah. So he's a little bit more than a rental. He's a rental plus. And I well, mean, just we're, considering safety, it. we're safety strong, but Jeremy Chen, I got a man crush from Jeremy Chen. That guy can play. There's no way we would go after a safety. Just I know that's what I'm saying. Like, we're that we've made, heavy. Yeah. But that yeah, dude, but, I heard he's on the block. That dude can play. But every Jason week Long. we're bringing in a new a new linebacker. So it's like if we can if we can if Brian Burns just falls into our lap, that that's better than anything we could possibly anything mm-hmm. you could possibly hope for, Brian and that Burns, immediately changes our. Brian Burns is what Ravens fans think Oway is going to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, long, long, lean edge rusher with a good bend, 
um, strength, flexibility, speed, like can do a multitude of moves. Owe has it, but he's like the great value version of Brian Burns. Owe just doesn't finish the play, and Brian Burns does. But imagine if you put Burns opposite Owe, then you've got two guys coming off the edge. You can't you can't double Owe anymore. No, you know you're yeah. probably gonna have to double Burns at that point. So now maybe Owe with you know one guy in front of him beats him to the quarterback and actually finishes the job for once. That would be right. And then our veteran guys who we can then bring in situationally and not have them on the field so much, and they're fresh all the time. We got JPP who, who's been disruptive, and I think he was our highest rated pass rusher last week. Oh, yeah, uh, dude, he's been, I love yeah, what he's done for yeah. a week. And, and then yeah, Houston. Uh, I mean, I cannot imagine a groin is going to keep him out all year. He's got to be getting close to coming back. So if we can get Houston back and not overuse him. Campbell would benefit from it. It's just, I, you know, the pass rush would benefit from a guy like Burns being added to the mix big time. And so, uh, Jeff said on Twitter, Jeff Srebeck said on Twitter today that Ojabo is close, allegedly. So that's, oh, so I, I didn't know that that's who, I thought he was talking about Bowser. And Bowser's a guy we don't even talk about. Bowser's going to be back and he he's disruptive yeah. in his own right. So we're, this I would defense like to see Bowser and another linebacker on some, on some, like, on some formations. And defensive alignments, I'd like to see Bowser in the, in the middle. If you have a Jabo or if you have a Jabo um, and Oway on the outsides, I wouldn't mind sliding him in. You could do you could do so many fronts with having three athletic linebackers like that because Bowser can cover too. Yeah, because then you have to, then you can stop dropping Oway into coverage because you have yes. Bowser that can be that guy who drops into coverage, which just yeah. again baffling that they continue to do that. But it's it just makes Oway a better player. So yeah. So, yeah, I think that McDonald has done well with the fact that there, he has a lot of injuries still that he's dealing with, with the personnel that he thought he was going to have you know, available. So I think that system is going to look a lot better when we're, when we're in week you know, 9, 10, 11, and beyond. What we got, you know, presumably we're going to have all our guys back. I don't know. Like, yeah. Ojabo is really, for me, the only question mark. Everybody else is going to be back within the next few weeks. So, well, and speaking of McDonald, he did well last night. And like we had talked about before, McDonald's like common core math. Like he takes like four different ways to find one answer instead of just simplifying things. Count on your fingers, dude. You got athletes, you got veterans. Count on your fingers. Trust like your alignments, trust your film study, all that stuff. Like he didn't do a lot of the dropping a bunch of D linemen and coverage, and it benefited. And uh-huh. you need at least three on a rush every play. Right. Well, and look, you know what, what we, we got against the Bengals that we have not been getting at all? This is where I know that uh, Drew hates this when they talk about QB pressures. In, in this case, these QB pressures matter because we're getting tipped balls. How many balls got tipped at the line of scrimmage? JPP had so two got in a row. The passing, they got in the passing. Yeah. Balls. So that's, right. You know, so, it, but that, because I, I we're not dropping the guys back. It's, when they, when yeah. we drop those defensive linemen back, they're not there yeah, to put their hand on the ball. Yeah. yeah, yeah, two in a row. <laughs> oh, this is every time yeah. he did something. I was just doing this up in the stands, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, he's got three fingers, so he's so gonna do something." Yeah, the defensive line was actually functioning the way it should, where they're even if they're not in the backfield, they're they're creating a problem for the quarterback, and it's not like Joe Burrow is some little guy. So the fact that JPP is, is and, and, and Clayus Campbell are using their size, using their, their long-ass arms, and they're tipping balls. That was one of the things that Campbell did so well his first year that he was here. He was disruptive because he was able to get in the passing lanes, and it wasn't he wasn't uh, dropping back 
like he's a middle linebacker doing jumping jacks like we've seen some of our guys do over the past the, the, the first few weeks of the season. So the defense looked a lot better. I was a little confused about the, the change to that cover two shell, but that does make sense that they switch when Williams went out. Um, so I don't know. I, I felt good about everything. Uh, the only, the only thing that I didn't like was those missed throws by Lamar, but I'm not holding that against him at all. It was just disappointing that he missed all three of those the way he did. But again, we won the game. I don't give a fuck. That's what, you know, like I said, I, I, that's why I don't I don't like JK going on Twitter and, and getting mad about not getting enough carries when we just beat the Bengals who went to the fucking Super Bowl last year. They, they are our main competition. Winning the division is our number one priority. So beating the Bengals was such a huge swing in the season for us right now. We're in control of this division right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just winning winning a division game is you can never have any complaints coming out of that. Yep. And especially having lost two games at home and coming out and in prime time with everybody watching, winning that game. It's a close game. It's one of those games where I, I you know, my confidence in them to close out games was zero after the those two losses. So as soon as we were up 10 nothing and we gave that back, I was like, fuck, here we go again. We're going to end up losing by fucking 15 points. So the okay, fact they put, they, they did play a full, they played a complete game in that they had a lead, the lead dwindled away, and they were able to fight and stay in the game and not let the momentum completely overwhelm them. That I liked. I wish that, again, I wish Lamar had been able to, to connect on a couple of those throws and give us a little bit more offensive juice, but he also. Uh, created first downs and he created something out of nothing a few times with his legs where, you know, the Bengals defense was doing a good job of, uh, of taking away anything we had downfield. So all in all, can't complain about what happened against the Bengals. You have to be happy about it. Anybody who's on the timeline complaining is just a hater. We've got a lot of those. So yeah, I mean, Bengals their, 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 their opinion, their opinion means nothing. They, well, they, they are quiet except, I'm seeing some very interesting things. They're saying our win against them is somehow tainted because T. Higgins wasn't playing. What? Yep. We missed our whole fucking roster last year, and they were well, bragging yeah. about it. Right. Yeah, but so, T. Higgins means more than two all-pro corners, apparently. Well, and so that part just is, like, hilarious because they were saying all offseason how it didn't matter. The injury shouldn't matter, even though we were the most historically injured team in the history of the NFL. Whatever. That doesn't matter. But just the fact that they're pointing to – one wide receiver in this game our number one wide receiver wasn't fucking playing either and their one number one wide receiver was playing so he played played like eight to ten snaps before they like sat him out so it's not like he didn't play he just right yeah Yeah, exactly and and on top of that all the injuries we just talked about that all the guys were still missing so there's no compare we're still the most injured team in the nfl right now so and I thought, and dude, I thought dude, if anybody was going to kill us, if anybody was going to kill us, T. Higgins was going to kill us. So I was glad that he didn't come back in the game. I mean, I Bengals still, like, fans I, are, you know, they're the epitome of just starting watching football last year. So they didn't right. even like, you know, somebody told them, somebody told them Grant's take of T. Higgins was going to hurt us. So then T. Higgins is out, and they're like, oh, it doesn't count. You know, we're injured all the time. That fucking Zim kid is sitting in that lower bowl with like, you know, taking videos of himself talking about oh doesn't count it's not a real win it's like if you went through his old tweets from last year he's talking about oh it doesn't matter that you're missing marcus peters and marlon humphrey and lamar and you know fucking all these people like, we we kicked your ass it's like i i just i can't stand that fan base I, i've started to hate them more than i hate any other afc north was he, was he the one that was like recorded the video where he was like sad like kicking the can out of the stadium 
Yeah, yeah, and he's wearing no bangle stuff, and then he yeah. blocked me because he's a sad little female. But um, you know, uh, there was that, that, you're quiet. <clears throat> well, few things. You're, I mean, I went into my rant about the Bengals last week, and I re- I regularly go into that because chili spaghetti and cousin fuckers. That's what they do. I mean, can't expect much more from those inbred fucks in Kentucky and all that good shit. I was encouraged by the win, the fact that. We can win in spite of Lamar not having his best day, but Lamar still remaining clutch at the end. That was helpful. And then having the greatest kicker in NFL history, kicker game winner, ain't so bad either. Um, you asked about who I'd want from the Panthers. If I could have anybody that seems reasonable, it'd be Burns. We haven't had an alpha. We haven't had an alpha edge rusher on our roster since Sizzle retired. So you get him. The other rushers we have on our team are more complimentary pieces anyway, so all that does is boost what they can do for you as far as production goes, especially like you guys mentioned to Houston, that's JPP, and Owe, another mentor for him to grow and become a better player, especially with someone who's built similarly to him like you guys mentioned. Um, yeah, fuck the Bengals. They are, they are what they are, and the new ones, who, the new Jacks are all pissy because they're missing players that just started watching football last year. Any real fans. The real fans were so sad they had their fucking sister come up and suck their penis after the game. That's what it is. There, there, was one guy, Those people- there was one guy, uh, one Bengals guy, who, I mean, his tweets are unintelligible. It's some of the wildest, crazy shit I've ever tried to, to read in my life. But he said that Baltimore is in Delaware. And oh, I saw it. that. That's fucking stupid. Oh. And then when he realized later, he realized that that's not true. He deleted it. But don't worry, I got the screenshot. So Baltimore is in Delaware. Delaware. He said yeah, nobody cool. care. Nobody cares about your little ass state. All right, buddy. That's that's the thing. Once you post to the internet, it's up there forever because someone will catch you and call you out in your shit. Will there? Will will we'll catch you? Will we'll catch I'll you. catch you exactly. We'll and you either back down or you own it. And for me. If I get caught on some shit, gotta own it. As simple as that. So it's as the late great Jerry Orbach said at the end of Dirty, da- Dirty Dancing. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong, and certain things I was wrong, like the Denver Broncos. I was the German, dead so, ass yeah, wrong. The not the Nazi. Uh, I I did call him out because he, he was well because they're yeah, all about the pollution and shit. No, so you have so to call him out. This guy who talks shit all off season, nonstop, nonstop it's about the Ravens. He, so I called him out. Uh, first, I tagged him. He didn't respond to me. Then I tagged him in a reply to Jimmy Seafood, and he re- and he replied to me. And then his response was that I'm miserable. Like, no, dude, <laughs> you earned this, and this is not going to end. I- I'm not going uh, anywhere. I have to make a rare defense of the uh, fish restaurant here. I don't know if you saw the nonsense they went through today, but some Bengals fans were harassing them. Um, one of them was spamming their comments with, "I got sea, I got seafood poisoning or something like that." Last time I went to Jimmy's, and the guy responded to him with, "We sell salad too. You should mix one in, buddy." And then that got spun into them making fun of autistic people. I'm not really sure how that happened, but apparently Sounds the like guy making had, fun of fat people. Yeah, no. So um, yeah, I'm not at the fish restaurant. Tried to uh, you know big league me and then deleted all their tweets, but um, I'll defend them on that one. So. Just needed to throw that one in there that you mentioned, Jimmy's, that uh, they you know are beating the fuck out of Bengals fans on the internet too. So we're we're a pro Jimmy's podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm not anti Jimmy's. I'm just anti uh, you know trying to fight me in a parking lot of Jimmy's and then deleting everything five minutes later. I think they uh, they made, they made good bold. on that. Yeah, it turned out a little bold. But yeah, 
They made up for it by making fun of the uh, fat Bengals fans, so I'm going to go with that. Yep. <laughs> so I feel like we've covered the Bengals pretty well at this point. I mean, oh, we it's, have. It's, a, it's a good win. Fuck Bengals fans. Um, JK, stay off the internet after the games, please. Lamar, uh, please don't overthrow wide open wide receivers on touchdown throws. That's, that's, that's the, the summary of the Bengals, but we got to now we got to focus on the Giants. Yes, we do. With the Wink reunion little Wink Martindale coming back and Tony Jefferson. So with this in mind, I'm going to start with Grant. Since I haven't started with Grant in a hot minute, a.k.a. Red Air Ribeye, a.k.a. the man, the myth, the legend, who actually remembered his charger today, so came a little late. Just It's all good. It'd be like that player screw up. You know what it is. But anyway, Grant, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking for in this game against the surprisingly 4-1 New York Giants? We're playing better football than you'd think. First off is extending momentum. You know, that's a big win on Sunday night, carrying that over into the next game. Um, you know, the Giants, they have no receiving core. Um, their all-star receiver has been out for the past couple of weeks. You know, second-year guy from Florida, he'd, he'd be a lot of problems. Oh, here we go. Um, here he we forgot go. his shoes. But, um, you know, th- there's a lot going on. But, you know, he, he's, he's somebody that we're worried about. Um, but he Who's won't weak? be in there. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, no Saquon's back. You know Saquon's been running the ball very, very well. He looks like that's the what Saquon that's goes. what concerns me, Grant. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I mean he's been looking really well. I mean Brian Dow, I love Brian Dow. I think what he's done with his talent that he has there has been phenomenal. People are like, oh, they're the worst four and one team. Can you really call a team that's four and one the worst of anything? I mean, you could really categorize that as anything. Oh, they're the best 0-4 team ever. Yeah, but they're 0-4. They but just went to, this... to fucking London and beat the Packers. I mean, yeah, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, exactly. they're, they're as legit yeah, as anybody else. Exactly. And the thing is, is they, they got Danny Dimes doing it, who's one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, but he's managing enough. Um Darius Slayton had a big game last week. He's another one that we had talked about potentially being trade bait, you know, heading over to Baltimore. Uh, but they don't scare me defensively. Um, they don't really have anybody that really is going to stand out and say, okay, they, they're going to stop this facet of the game. We have too many weapons right now. I think this is a game, if any, that we make a statement of coming back. Like, not statement of coming back in the game, but statement of coming back and being that team that we put the foot on their throat and finish. Um, nobody likes the MetLife turf. That worries me. So some of these guys are kind of banged up that are coming off injuries, like, you know, Ronnie, JK, Marcus Peters, you know, dealing with a little something. Like, you know, those are the guys we really have to monitor this week and make sure that this is something that you really want to go into that game because, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to play football. But you not you don't want to risk something that's going to, you know, have any setbacks. Ronnie's the main one I'm worried about. He's probably – I would be surprised if he played. I think he does, but it depends on practice this week. I, I think that the Ravens come out on top. Um, it's a 1 o'clock game. It's in New York, not a far travel. Um, but I think what we have right now working, and after a win against a divisional rival like that, as ugly as it was, wasn't a perfect game, but we won – um, I think that carries over, and this is where you start to hit that momentum. This is where you start to hit that boost. You know, you're three and two right now. You win, you're all of a sudden four and two. Takes one loss in the uh, one more loss in the division from a bunch of struggling teams that we have right now. It's wide open, but I think all in all, um, I think Lamar comes back. He has another big highlight game. Um, I think Bateman plays. 
Um, I think J.K., this is the game where he gets 20 touches. Um, I think he gets 20 carries, excuse me, but they need to involve him in the passing game because he has a lot to offer in the passing game. That was more of my concern. I think 15 is more. I think 15 is probably a safer bet. If you play him 30 snaps and he gets 15 total touches, I think that that's – if you're still putting him on this pitch count, I think that that's like the ideal usage of him. As you know, 10 carries, 5 catches, and just let him kind of wreak havoc on both, you know, into the defense there. It's a lot of that's game flow too. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I I just think that if you're going to, you know, again, he clearly doesn't want to be limited. He's also proven that he's kind of emotional and has a little bit more of a, you know, holds himself in a higher regard or thinks that he's healthier than he actually is, and the coaching staff has had to step in and save him. He even said that himself. So, like, if you get him the ball, you know, 15, 20 times, somewhere in that ballpark, and he's moving the ball effectively, I, I don't think he can have any complaints after that if we win. And it makes us a better team. Yeah. Kenyon Drake is okay. He's happy with a touchdown. It's not the carries. He wants to score. Yeah. Also, but, I will say Giants defense is like bottom five and and like rushing yards allowed. So if there's any game where JK will be able to like probably break off a couple solid runs, it's it's this upcoming week. Yeah, well and so as we know, um Wink is the the master of blitz, right? He's gonna blitz us every which way. And Lamar Jackson has proven to be very effective against the Blitz. So I, I think that that's probably not a great uh, matchup for Wink. You know, he does have the advantage of having coached against Lamar in practice for three years. So That's what I was going to ask uh, you, like tendencies. He probably knows like certain tendencies. He does, but again, he doesn't, he doesn't know what Lamar did this offseason. Lamar yeah. uh, obviously made some changes this year. Um, you know what I really loved last last week on one of those Lamar runs? He finished a run like I've never seen him finish it before. He trucked a guy, and he went looking for it too. It wasn't like the guy came up and challenged him. He went after that motherfucker and put him on his ass. So he's out to show everybody, like, yeah, I'm not just going to, you know, shake you out of your cleats if you if you try and tackle me. I'll fucking run your ass over too. He's that so, 20 pounds of beef he put on. Right, exactly. So I think, yeah, I think, Robert, good point. Um, we're going to see Lamar Jackson, 100-yard rushing game. We're going to see J.K. Dobbins maybe get another 100. We're going to run the ball a lot. And running the ball is going to set up some some opportunities to throw the ball as well. Um, the blitz is going to give us some opportunities to beat the that blitz with, again, like let's scheme some stuff up for Isaiah Likely. I like to get him some confidence, some opportunities to get the ball in his hands and make plays. Um, let's get the ball in Dobbins' hands. Let's run some screens to combat the the – the blitzes. Um, I think this is a game. Like I said, I don't think that the Giants are like fools gold or anything. They're four and one. They've won games against good teams. But it's a it's a matchup that I think is in our favor so heavily that we could easily blow them out. And as far as the turf and playing in the in, in that stadium is concerned, we we already played there this year. So I don't know if there's the the level of concern that there would be otherwise. I know you know it is what it is. Guys have gotten hurt there. Giants players have gotten hurt there. So the, everyone knows that turf sucks, but having gone and played there and dominated a game there already against a team that has proven to be not the Jets that everyone thought they were. They're, they're not a bad team themselves. So, um, yeah, I think going in there, we got to be very confident. Um, the the Wink storyline can be talked about a lot. I don't think it's going to be everything that people, you know, chalk it up to be. Um, there's a reason he's not here anymore. So. Just don't let the Giants hang around. 
if we have a chance to put them away, put them away. Because, yep. you know, the, the Packers didn't put them away. That's why they've won games this year is the Titans didn't put them away. Nobody has put them away yet. And they're, you know, Dable seems to be a pretty good coach so far. And that's kind of the mark for a well-coached team is that if you give them a window to get back in, they'll take it. And so far, the Giants have taken it all year. So, And, and our, our Achilles heel on defense is we can – we have not proven to be able to stop the run, and Saquon Barkley is, is having a really good year. So we need to find a way to slow him down. I think this is a heavy Malik Harrison week. I think think if you look for a lot of him playing middle linebacker, a lot of him, you know, shooting gaps and hitting Saquon, because I think he's the only guy that's really got the, the only, the only linebacker of ours that has the size to take him down. Maybe Queen builds off of last week and Queen has a good game. That would be nice to see. I would like to see Patrick Queen put, put together a couple games in a row where he has an impact. I just want him to get, I, so you said JK Dominic, stay away from the internet. I want Patrick Queen because I know he's a name searcher, and I know he oh, yeah. probably keeps bookmarks. I want him to have three, four straight good games, and him to just start dunking on people on the internet because that's the kind of you know like internet usage I can support from him. If I want him to be like, yeah, you know what, I I fucked up, but now I'm good, so suck my dick. I need that kind of mean streak out of him. None of this. I want him to unblock Tom. Yeah, I want him to unblock Tom and come and just drag his nuts across Tom's face. I would love to see that. That would be phenomenal. Oh, that's oh, so. Uh, just to to bring it back to the Bengals fans, last week I don't know what prompted this, but German Tiger went out of his way to tweet about I, Patrick that's, Queen. That's Patrick I, Queen that's is a bust. That's yeah. my quote. I said, I said, do you have anything you want to discuss, you Nazi bitch? And then he didn't say anything that to me. So that one, he has actually responded to me, and it's hilarious the things that the Bengals fans are clinging to. They they're like, but he is a bust. And my response was just the video of him picking Joe Burrow off. So I said, yeah, I said I mean, it, must be an, it must be an LSU thing. Yeah. Like, how, how are you going to talk about the man? He just – he had a huge play. that he. I mean, I, that's arguably the biggest play of the game. Patrick Queen picking I would off say, I would Joe Burrow say in the that, second half. The, uh, the Campbell stop, the fourth down stop for Campbell. And I think that that uh, Marcus Peters blowing up the trick play are really yeah. like your momentum shifting plays that game. The timing on the uh, on the the Queen interception was huge. Oh yeah. 100%. So, but but it's just a uh, and he tweeted that before the game, obviously. But I mean, he kind of doubled down on it. It's like yeah, I mean, he, he looks like a fool like... right now. Yeah, and uh, and I've been critical of Patrick. Yeah. Everybody has, and it's 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 fa- it's fair criticism. But you can't double down on calling the guy a bust when he just you know derailed your team's momentum and uh, just a. Silly I mean, that was a, a, a Nazi, that was a a Nazi idiot. Pass. That was a great pass by Burrow to Queen. There was nobody around Queen. It was right to him. Yeah, I, Do we want to well, talk about that, that he almost dropped it, though? The what? Do we want to talk about that he almost dropped it, though? It slid down, and he had to I think it. I think he's got the yips. I mean, and I don't yeah. blame him, but, you know, he, he held on to it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Could he have it. taken it for six if he held on to it cleanly? Maybe. I don't know. But he, he held on to it. That's all that really matters I, yeah, I don't care as long as as long as the uh, the ball changed, uh, you know, the possession changed. I I don't give a fuck if you bring it back or not. That situation that 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 killed a drive that was that was moving down the field. So Queen's play there was huge. I, I guess a lot of people, you know, and Patrick Queen is a an easy target, but a lot of people were saying he had a bad game outside of that play. I don't give a fuck. You make that play, you had a good game for me. I would actually say that he had a good game because they didn't have him on the field in situations where he typically makes a mistake. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but they pulled him off earlier in the game more often. And that they they did that last year too. They they yeah. when he was 
when he was kind of unraveling, they took him off the field a lot. They, they limited his, his snaps and then they eased him back into a full workload and it benefited him. I mean, yeah, you, you know, kind of, he still had his off, moments. You, you make him focus, you, you know, let him make plays in front of him rather than trust him to make plays behind him and does wonders for the guy's confidence. All right. So for the Giants, what are the three keys? I mean, I think stopping the run has got to be the biggest key. Uh, Daniel Jones is not Daniel Jones is not great. He's not bad either. I don't know if he's their franchise quarterback or not. They're really irrelevant to this conversation. But you got to shut down Saquon. I think that's got to be number one. You got to account think, for Jones running the ball though, too. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're letting them run it, you know from their own side of the field to the 50 and then you kind of pack it in and stop them. Like it's like, just don't let them get points. That's really it. And I, I think offensively, I think taking advantage of their bad run defense is definitely high up there. And I think, you know, let Lamar make the throws this week, Um, you know, give them the opportunity. I don't think that their corners are really all that good. I don't think that their pass defenses have been all that great this year. I think defensively they're kind of, you know, they're they're ready to be exposed. And I think that this is kind of the week that we, you know, come out and blow somebody out and kind of, you know, keep our foot on the gas all week. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the thing they kind of hold their hat on defensively is just is scoring because I think they're top they're a top 10 scoring defense this year. Yeah. But, e- but even so, I mean, I can see them making it kind of an ugly game, but even so, I don't think we will lose to them. But again, like you guys mentioned, Keep Daniel Jones in the pocket. Don't let him beat you with his legs. Put him on his back. The receiving core there isn't great, and Kenny Holiday has been a horrible waste of money for them because they can't get him with the ball, and when he they do try to get him with the ball, he drops it. So that's just Kadari awful. Stoney's been a bust. So, yeah. Also, the Giants' defense has, hasn't been – I'll say they haven't been charted with an interception, so it's similar to what our defense was dealing with last year, which is lack of turnovers. So, I mean, I think we're, pre- we're pretty much set in that department. Again, just take advantage of the run. Stop Saquon and most should win the game by at least two scores. I'm so, I'm a little surprised they're as bad as they are in the run, like at stopping the run. I mean, they've only given up one rushing touchdown this year so far, but they are giving up five yards of carry, which is tied with the Ravens at this point defensively. But I mean, you have Leonard Williams and you have Dexter Lawrence in that interior. I think you might be a little better at that than supposed to give up five yards a clip because that's just that's bad. That's, that is hot. That's hot garbage. Let's stop Barkley, put Jones on his back, go score. Lead on the running game with Dobbins, with Drake in the, like Drake intermittently, Lamar with his Lamar with his legs, Duvernay the way you were using him last week, giving him a few carries, using more of the Debo Samuel kind of role. Those should lead Debo to victory. Was a Devin Duvernay role. Let's let's show some respect to the number one wide receiver in the NFL according to that whatever that nerd stat that I found earlier was. See, now you're ruining it. I was a big Duvernay guy until you said that, so now I don't know. Yeah, I don't miss. Right. Yeah, other than Tony and Pickens and every other wide receiver you like. Yeah. They haven't missed. They, they missed games. It, Tony's going to be retired to be a rapper in about six weeks. I'll give him. Double platinum. going to go up. Go on tour with uh, with AB in, in Dubai. Yeah. Right. Hang out, hang out in pools, you know. Hang out in pools with the wieners out and shit. Yeah. There you go. Godspeed, brother. All right. So we, uh, we, we do have to talk about something. The Bengals game was 
ugly but exciting. It was uh, riveting. I was glued to the TV, couldn't stop watching. I mean, I don't know how you could possibly take your eyes off that game. The only way I could see it happening is if your eyes were open. And I, I Robert, special guest today, was literally at the game, sitting in a state in a stadium seat with the game happening in front of him live and was uh, fell asleep in the first quarter and i'd like him to explain himself uh you know too many uh too many of those smashes man and you know, they're they're 10 they're 10 percent and i was double fisting them on the on on the walk to the stadium too it was uh you know we started tailgating at like three thirty four. you know those are rough and so for people who don't know just from you saying those smashes those are the uh, the devil's backbone yeah yeah 10 percent Orange? Were you drinking the orange or the lemonades or both? It was a variety. It was a variety pack actually. So it was orange. Uh, it was orange, grapefruit, the lemon, and then there's like a like a kiwi or something like that. Yeah. They're good. So I was gonna, they're good. I, was gonna, I, was gonna, I recommend go you limit it to two COVID. total because those things they will get you. Oh yeah, no. Are, got they, are they stronger than a crush or are they weaker than a crush? They're they they're meant to be a crush, but a canned crush. So they, they will get so, you. I, mean, I had I had three of those at pickles before the game. I had. I mean, I'm sure I could look at my bank statement. I had at least like 15 motor lights at the stadium. So <laughs> you want bank statement? Yeah, I, I was yeah fucking cashless at M&T, which is bizarre. I fucking can't stand that. But it, I was I was wired. I watched the entire game, so uh, I don't know. It was pretty loud in there too. I don't think I could have slept at home. You well, also you were also you were in a dance aid. Yeah, so I got to see a video of this because I have no recollection of this, and I don't think this happened, but. Apparently, there was a large gentleman wearing a Patrick Ricard jersey in a dance-off. So, I feel like my wife would have beaten the shit out of me if I did that. Just, just and I, just and I, the random I guy said he saw he he saw a, a big guy in a beard dancing with the D, at, at the DJ booth, and he thought it was you. And I was just like, I can't, oh, so, I, I just can't in my brain reconcile how someone sees you, you, your picture, and your tweets, and just your whole vibe, and is like. That's definitely Drew dancing. Like I don't think you've ever danced a, a second in your entire life. Oh, I mean I have, but not. not we found out you got a little Chris Brown in you. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it would not. They would, it would not be good enough to be put on a jumbotron for anybody to watch. I can promise you that. And I was with Nick for the entire game, so I'm sure he would have known if it was me. I'm sure there would have been live, live videos of that. This man comes off to me as one of those dudes at a show where the singer will come up and be like. <laughs> And he'll just look and see the person right next to him and just start hate moshing, just crowd killing. Drew strikes me as that kind of dancer, not necessarily a fucking someone who's going to do a two step and shit to some to some shit or some beatbox. Like yeah, he's he's dancing to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, I, 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 I can't yeah. see him like that. I, I see him, I see him hate moshing to Hate Breed or like Soul fucking um, or like Barrier Dead or some shit. Not so much Good getting enough. down on some Chris Brown. The knock on white people is that we can't jump and we can't dance, and I definitely live up to that stereotype. So I'm, I'm going to assume that it wasn't me. But there you go. So Robert, tell tell us about you made that it in. Do you, do you remember getting into the stadium? No, actually, I don't. So I remember we were leaving and like crossing the bridge um, to not not the bridge. Um, I don't know. Going to the we're going to the, um, through the back entrance of the stadium and. Um, I don't remember that entire thing. I don't remember getting there. I remember getting to the seats. That's when I came to for for a minute, and I was I was awake for the first quarter, so I was there for the first quarter, and then after that, like, and then I don't know. I think I just, I just sat down. I just just my head went down. And I just out. Oh, how a big goofy motherfucker like you doesn't get sniped and just like 
plaster all over Twitter, sleeping through the whole game. How has nobody picked that up? Yeah. Somebody had to have taken a video or a picture of you sleeping. My my best friend, my best friend did. um, And we ran into one of our, one of our buddies from high school um, who also took a picture. And they like, they took like, they took like one of those selfies where like, it was just both of them that I'm in the middle, just my head's down. I'm just like, just knocked out. But like that, that was really good. Well, well, are you thinking what I'm thinking? We're going to have to do some, uh, investigative journalism here we have to solicit like yeah we have to we have to like hit the timeline someone has to have evidence of this we have we have to find it but i thought it would be i thought it would be like something that just like organically showed up because i mean it's a it's a huge game it's a it's a intense game and robert's just sleeping the whole time did you wake up at any point during the game i woke up at the fourth quarter so you saw the end roughly i roughly saw the end yeah all right. You All may right. have been conscious for the end. We'll, we'll put it that way, I guess. Yeah. I at least you weren't like. Though. At least you. Yeah. At least you weren't like involuntarily like vomiting while you were passed out. That no. Bengals lady with the white. No, I did. I did manage. Yeah. I did manage to get to the bathroom and and let it out there. Um, oh, there you go. So yeah, but that was like. Yeah, but then yeah, no, like I, everyone was celebrating, so like I knew I knew we won, um, and everything <laughs> like that. I knew I knew it it was a it was a Justin Tucker kick. Just because, I mean, no idea if it went in because you were seeing six uprights, but yeah. well, yeah, yeah, you know, it's fine. So I have, mm-hmm. a, I this is a similar thing kind of happened to me, and I think I was right about your age, so this makes sense. I went to the uh, Penn State Ohio State game in Columbus once, and it was a it was a night game, so we left my house in Montgomery County at like three o'clock in the morning to go to Columbus. We drove all the way through. We got there at like eight, about eight a.m. 9 a.m. We started. We, you know, partied all day. By the time it was like we walked over to the stadium and the sun had gone down, I was completely blacked out, wandering around, got separated from the people I was with. I was just wandering through tailgates and everything. Somehow my buddy spotted me and found me, brought me inside. We went in, we're watching the game, and I was so disconnected from what was happening. I was awake, but I was not like, understanding what was happening when halftime happened people started to get up to go to the bathroom i thought the game was over so i was like all right good game i'm out of here no so basically i had like a whole new lease on life when when the second half started i was back to like actually recognizing what was happening in front of me unfortunately robert you just kind of pretended you went along with the the crowd and just yeah, figured no, out what um, happened yeah no because i like um because i was like posting stuff on like snapchat and instagram and stuff as you do as a young adult and in one of the videos i have like one of the videos i have a beer in my hand and i'm like i don't remember ever buying this at all and my and my buddy's just like he's like yeah no you came with me to the beer stand you just ordered yourself like you ordered yourself like two beers and then we went back to the seats and i was like okay so took a snooze yeah all right well it happens yeah i mean i'm everyone every like friend group has like a designated like what you are when you're drunk and i'm just like the sleeper of the group so you know there's I'm worse just, things to be there's yeah, worse things to there's be. much worse things to be i'm usually yeah. the worst thing to be so yeah what do you what do you think german tiger is in his friend group which i was gonna say the racist but he's also oh, yeah, you know, just blatantly he, racist he's the guy who won't shake hands with the the, the black tourist i was still the fucking wildest video he's like i don't know what you're talking about when I brought that, that was crazy <laughs> that was insane oh that was crazy like, what do you mean? I was like, you shook everyone's hand, but the black guy. Like, let's let's you know be real here, chief. Uh, unbelievable. 
All right, so I mean, we still got time. We have we have Robert here. I, I feel like we should uh, start going through a list of his takes and just you know, oh, no. rapid, rapid rapid fire, take them on. Yeah, I, I, think, say, okay, my, so- I, did, I did tweet out. I did tweet out back in March when the Dolphins signed Teddy Bridgewater. Did say I was like he's going to be starting by week five, and coincidentally, it was week five, and he was the official starter. He just only started for like three snaps and then got concussed. So you were wishing injury on Tua. Is that, I was that not, wishing, huh? not wishing injury on Tua. I was just going that logistically he's had an injury history, so I had a feeling that he might end up either that or he was going to play really bad because I actually had a feeling he was going to play bad. Did I Robert, the, I the did Robert pay the neurologist to let Tua play and get hurt? Is that, is that <laughs> yeah, what we're Robert, getting Robert, Robert put on a, a lab coat and drank a bunch of those smashes, and, and he yeah. was the one who told Tua he could go back in the game. Guys, guys, I'm a doctor. You can play. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, All right, I'm I gotta get back to sleep. If Tom can be a doctor, I can be a doctor. It's okay. Fair, fair. Not, not a bad point. That's not that's not a horrible take because I think actually Drew and I, Drew, you, you're on the Teddy the Teddy train with me, right? Yeah, but my problem with Teddy is that anytime he gets a chance, he gets hurt. So it's like True. He, he should he should be an NFL starter. Like he's got the ability to be an average NFL starter, especially for the money he gets paid now. Like he doesn't, you know, he's not like raking in the big bucks or anything like that. And I feel like some team could pay him $10 million a year and he could be, a, you know, a better than Jimmy G caliber starter. But for whatever right. reason, he just never stays healthy. Yeah, I think skill wise, he is uh, he is equal to or better to Tua. Yeah. Tua hasn't yeah. Shown, shown me anything. So, uh, you know, I say that I look like a Bengals fan right now because Tua torched our asses. But I just think uh, body of work. Tua hasn't demonstrated that he's great in any way, and Teddy has been really good at times. So I don't know. So I think that they're it's it's not a, a wild take to say that they could switch to Teddy for skill, but we know what happened and why he he's in the game. So whatever. And now do we do we, we start with Tyler Thompson as the what's that? Should we start with the Cooper Cup take with Robert or you know? Yeah, let's go there. Cup? Let's let's put that let's put that on. Okay. So I just I just want to put this in context because this is what's going to always be missing when we discuss this is that TikTok nerd Theo Ash said that Cooper Cup was bad because he lined up in the slot too much, and so Robert then took that horrendous take and spun that into a Cooper Cup is not a top ten wide receiver, and that was like fairly no, I thought early it, last I said season. Top 10. I, thought, I thought I said top five. No, you said not top ten. No, he Dude. said not top five, but he this this came I know. It was late in the season because I remember reading it. I was walking around. It was there was snow on the ground. It had snowed, so this was like a wild. Uh oh, we just lost Grant. Um, oh, this was a wild ass take because, like, Cooper Cup basically at this point was just like historically Lighting great. The on fire. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like he was like potentially going to set the the record for for uh, yards, and he and he ended up with what seventeen touchdowns. So he was having just like a historically great season. And Robert was like, okay. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah, you know, I, 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 I know, I know the take was bad because I and I just literally muted that entire thread, and yeah. it's still muted to this day. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I definitely understand why. Like, um, I don't you, usually, you, mute, you, I don't usually mute threads, but that that was you like hijacked the, my my Michael Thomas, Mike Evans take. Uh, I was bodying Will and Grant, and then you jumped in. And you're like, oh, I, I think this too, and I'm like, fuck, I got to rethink. Speaking life. of which, speaking of which, if we're gonna do takes, uh. Drew tried to use number one. I don't know where this this thing is that I'm some sort of anti Devin Duvernay person. I have I have receipts. No, it's, a joke. Buddy. it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, but you used a stat about 
Devin Duvernay's efficiency as a wide receiver. And the same stat is telling us that Mike Evans is better than Michael Thomas. The same exact okay, but, list. Yeah, but we're talking like a 3% difference between those two. And Devin Duvernay is 10% better than the next guy. So Yeah, but you're saying that Mike Evans isn't even a top 10 receiver. Because he's not. But, you know. Look, look, look. The thing with advanced stats is that they don't fucking mean anything. And they're compiled by nerds. So if they support my narrative, my narrative is that Devin Duvernay is the best wide receiver in the NFL then I'm going to push that. But I only care about number one on that list. I don't care about two through five. That doesn't matter to me. Two I mean, through five I, I, on that I, list I, are I, all very good, though. So. Look, I, just, I just love the, the Devin DuVernay, uh, the breakout season. I like how we're Same. being used. So. Definitely. I've been Definitely. waiting for that for two years now. Yeah, I mean, so. Marquise Brown was holding him back the whole time. Literally. He literally We won. literally had a soldier. We literally had a soldier, and we didn't use him because we had Marquise Brown. Yeah, so maybe that's, that's, what take, his, uh, that's a take that you and I agreed on and put on this podcast yep. before he even got traded, I think. Before he got traded, yeah. I think we said that. Oh, yeah. We were, we were big, we were big uh, Duvernay guys long before anybody else was. Yeah. But he's my Marquise was one. playing the position that was meant for Devin Duvernay in this offense the whole time. He was taking all, all those targets away. So now those 10 targets per game that Marquise was getting are getting spread around. Devin Duvernay's making the most out of what he's getting. And I'd like to, I'd like to see it spread even further out, and we, we see likely get like two or three design plays for him. Hey, get the ball so, in his hands. Yep. Let our let our playmakers work. What other horrible takes has Robert had over the years? I feel like there's been a lot. I know I've I've toned, I've toned back my my tw- my uh my Twitter activity. Yeah, because you put it all on TikTok. Just, you know now. that you know that Will and I are too old to find TikTok and figure out what terrible yeah. names you've been saying. Huh? Well, you, you know, know what you have to do, Robert. You have to do what I do, which is. Every blue moon, just see something you like and maybe like it, just so they know. Oh, he was Jake was on the internet today. Bless you. Just, and that's that's just how Thomas is now. That's how Tom, Thomas doesn't, you know, fire off his hot takes about, you know. Uh, well, he Frank also changed. He changed it. He changed his profile picture, so now we're all yeah. confused when he when he gets he gets in the mix. He has been getting in the mix, but not with us. He avoids us. He's smart. Yeah. Uh, he went from he went from a picture of him in a blue button down with another guy in a blue button down to him just like broing the fuck out on his couch with three guys. Yeah, I was say though. Speaking of TikTok, I did just get a TikTok that hit four hundred thousand views because I was making a, I was joking around about um McCall Hardman hitting on some like random Twitch girl or something like that. Yeah, I saw that exchange. That was pretty embarrassing. I was like, I was like, you, you're, I was like, you're doing this on a public account, and then a lot of comments were like, "Oh, well, she could have just exposed him in the DMs," and I was like, "What? Well, so?" This is the problem with TikTok is that it it breeds stupidity. So now, Chinese- true, it's a fact that that Robert's TikTok fame is on your back. His his first like viral TikTok was was your yeah, tweet, screenshotting my tweet and just looking yep. at it. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, and it's just it's just Robert uh, doing this, like pointing at it. I know, I know it. It's always it the, like the low, the low, like hundred million views, had like a hundred million views got you, you know, all your TikTok fame. What, what, and it was what, just, what was your take? And I was arguing with somebody about, uh, they were going back and forth about Harbaugh and said something about how he hasn't won without Ray Lewis or Ed Reed. And I'm like, oh, good coach wins with good players. Shocking. Oh, or, yeah. Some, some of that effect. And I was just like, oh, so it was a very, very lukewarm take by me. Yeah. But somehow, you know, your TikTok nerds ate it up. So they were um, like, isn't that the guy who broke the Hollywood Brown is retiring to become a video game uh, professional uh, that video gamer? That, that continues to get brought up to me when I argue with strangers on the internet. They're like, oh, well, didn't you fake the Hollywood Brown story? I was like, yes, 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 I did that. And, and you I remember. Like, been, I was like, you've been holding on to this since fucking February. 
Like, you're, you're the problem. I, yeah, right? I will randomly get a tweet now about my uh, my schedule leak. Listen, oh, yeah. my source was wrong. What do you want from me? My source was wrong. Exactly. Me, I'm, I'm at the mercy of the sources. I can't believe the bullies yep. group chat let you know. <laughs> Just like Danny said next Friday, man, play us fuck up. Play us fuck up and be like that. I, you know, I was just trying to get people a head start, booking their flights, booking their hotels. I know they come to my account for that kind of, uh, you know, octite information. They know that I know my shit. So they're going to book all their travel based on what I say. So I was Could just trying imagine, to get them out ahead. Can you imagine logging on to Twitter and you're like, oh, the NFL schedule comes out in, I don't know, it's probably like six hours. Four hours. Like, yeah. 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 And you're like, oh, oh I'm gonna, this guy has a pair of purple pants photoshopped on Big Ben in London. Like, he's definitely the right guy for me to be following for a That's not Big Ben, dude. That's the Bromo Seltzer Tower in Baltimore. No, the fuck do I know? Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I, would, I thought I was Big Ben the whole time. He's you know. ruining, ruining all these things that I've thought for a long time. We won't mention the other one that you ruined for me recently. But, no, I, could you imagine, like, looking at that and being like, oh, this, this guy's trustworthy. Like, this is the guy. I'm going to go book a couple flights to go see this game. It's like, are you serious right now? Yeah, there were there were like very serious people in my DMs. Like, you got to be careful with this kind of stuff. People book their travel based on it. And I'm like, if people are booking their travel off the Purple Pants account, telling you something that you're going to learn from the NFL in four hours, they are fucking idiots. And so I stay in hotels every time I go down to Baltimore to see a game. And like... The prices for the weekends, my wife and I one year decided to do, um, we just booked all 16 weeks and didn't pay and then we could cancel them, you know, so we, right. we booked all 16 weeks and I, I think that we saved like 75 bucks on the six on the six games I went to total. So like, it's not even like the prices go way up and flights no. are the same thing. Like, you know, so like last weekend hotel was way more expensive than it is any other weekend because it was a holiday weekend. You know, like there's nothing, no schedule leak is going to, if I, if I booked that six months ago, it's not going to change anything. That would be very funny if like Marriott is like monitoring my account. Like, oh yeah, let's get that price going up. We got to, we got to jack the price up early. Wear purple pants just reported. (laughs) Come on. I just, I mean, I think maybe Banks is the only guy that has ever come like moderately close to being correct on the schedule when he leaks it. Right. And I think he's got somebody in the front office or somebody with the event team that probably feeds him games. But in reality, like you can wait until the NFL drops the schedule. And if you don't have season tickets, you know, tickets don't go on sale the second that schedule goes live. Right. So like, well, you know, and, and just a, this is a, a little peek behind the curtain for anybody who's listening to this, who uh, is confused by my schedule leak every year. I don't do that to mess with people who are trying to book their travel. I'm doing it to mess with the people who are trying to leak the schedule because there's, there's a large Twitter account that has a, uh, a Google sheet you can follow along with and you can watch them update the schedule. They have it for all 32 teams. And I like to see how my leaked games mess up their schedule because they update their shit as I'm tweeting. I can tell that yeah. they're, they have the, my alerts on so all I'm doing, I'm not trying to mess with people because I would think that most people understand my tweets, almost all of the things I tweet. It's either I'm talking about football or I'm joking. That's it. There's no, I'm never really saying anything serious. So I'm only tweeting that shit on schedule release day to fuck with that guy's spreadsheet. That's it. And if you're relying on that spreadsheet to book your travel, you're a fucking idiot. So you deserve it. 
Yeah, and they always take like the I don't know if like the legitimate leaks is the right word, but you know the NFL does release some of the primetime games ahead of time, right? You know, like Thanksgiving and stuff like that get put out by you know like legitimate league sources, and so they'll start it with that, and then people will look at their spreadsheet and be like, "Oh shit, yeah, they got legitimate information," and then all of a sudden they start updating it with like your tweets, and then people will like piggyback off you and make like other teams' accounts and be like, "Yeah, this is the the Steelers' whole schedule, and this is the right. you know Patriots' whole schedule." I've just it, it blows my mind how stupid people are on the internet. It, it cracks well, me up. Yeah, every year. there was a there was another Ravens account that you got into it with because he was doing my tweets. He was just copying my tweets and tweeting them like 15 seconds after me. Like he was doing a schedule release with everything I was doing, and so then the the like the leak page or whatever. Then they're like, oh wow, there's two people who have it, so it must be real. So it's kind of worked. That's why I I kind of went along with that guy. I was like pretending like you were an asshole in that situation because I wanted that guy to keep doing it because it made mine seem real. Yeah, I just thought that kid was an asshole to begin with. He tweeted annoying shit, so I was just like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> all right, have we have we covered all of Robert's uh, dumb dumb things he's tweeted over the years? We can't possibly have covered all of them, but I don't think we can remember them all at this point. Robert, I mean, what is your? I, I did just tweet out Brees Hall over Michael Carter, so I don't know if you guys enjoy Michael Carter more than Brees Hall, but oh, the Jets, yeah, it's a Jets, it's a Jets running back. We're looking for like you know Thomas Caliber, you know Brian Tannehill made Derrick Henry's career <laughs> caliber caliber takes right. for me. No, no, that that, re- that remains the dumbest, the dumbest of all the of the takes that came out of that uh, that original group we had. No, I, I think that Thomas's Hollywood Brown was consistent. Was also pretty terrible. Yeah, was, but but saying that Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill. is why Derrick Henry is good—that's just a, a bananas thing. To, and he believed it. I I I don't think he was just saying it. He really believed that. He wrote an article about it. Like a whole or not an article. But, uh, he he did um you know whatever like season prediction or something like that. And like he spelled it out. And I'm like, this is. Literally the most well thought out retarded take I've ever heard. Oh Jesus Christ! Here we go. Okay. We did it again. We did it again. <laughs> I don't care. It's Thomas. Thomas is. Uh, we don't know where Thomas was for the Charlottesville riots or January sixth. So I think I can say that from. But no, like uh, he he, he, he had a receipt for tiki torches, man. I heard he yeah, had I mean, receipts. It wouldn't shock me, but you know him and his fucking blue shirt. But um, like he legitimately thought that, and I was I I couldn't I can't wrap my head around it. That he had like a you know well thought out like what he thought was reason take that Ryan Tannehill made Derrick Henry's career. Even better is he said that and then what? I think a month and a half later on NFL Live, Dan Orlovsky reiterated the same exact take. It's like it would be uh, one thing if it came out before because then it's just funny. It's like oh you listen to that guy put out that asinine take, but that literally happened a month and a half after like. Apparently is Dan Orlovsky stealing takes from Thomas? That's that's what we have to. Dan Orlovsky is stealing takes from Thomas. He stole that one take from Thomas. That that we know. Would Thomas have run out of the back of the end zone if Jared Allen was chasing him? He would have ran Definitely. out of the stadium if Jared Allen was chasing him. Maybe he's used to Antifa chasing him. So that's true. Yeah, was, exactly. Well, that was that was before that. That was before he had his uh, being chased by Riders days. So I don't know. That's yeah, right. man, I just feel like there are times where Robert tweets things. And I think I've said this on the podcast before, where like you tweet something, and I'm like, "Oh, it's actually a decent take." And I'm like, "Fuck, it's Robert that said it. I have to disagree." Like, I have to, yeah, I have when to, I see I when I see something Robert, Robert tweets, and it's like on record and it's smart, and yeah, he can back it up. I see it, like, and I'm and I'm like, "Oh, it's Robert." I'm I'm not interacting with this at all. I'm just gonna pretend I didn't see this. 
Yeah, I'm like, oh, that was actually a, a well thought out thing that I grew with. Shit, I have to like delete Twitter for the day and not look at it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the only funnier Robert bit is that we'll send something to a group chat of, you know, some kind of news going on or something like that. And without fail, 20 minutes later, Robert sends the exact same thing. Like or, yeah, 45 seconds, or, or like two minutes later, it's like literally the last thing in the in the group, and Robert comes in like he's fucking Tom Brokaw with breaking news that we've literally just sitting it, there. It's either that or we've like thoroughly discussed the topic, and like yeah. we've you know like ten of us have weighed in on it, and Robert's like, "Hey guys, do you see this? Jesus Christ!" Yeah, okay, look, look, because like sometimes sometimes I like oh, I like go look at the group chat, and it's like two hundred to three hundred plus new messages, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! And I'm usually in class half the time when like all these breaking the breaking news stuff happens, so I'm sitting there like I'm like, do I actually send it to the group chat or do I not? Because I'm like, there's a lot of messages to go through which they might have talked about it, so then half the time I'm just like, I don't I don't even bother sending it. So if there's 300 plus, if there was 300 plus messages in that in that old chat, I'm just like, nah, don't. No, nah, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just. I just said, already happened. To, yeah, it's hit good. that little arrow button. We weigh in at the, the end after everything's done, but that's it. But don't, don't repost guess, the story. It's already been talked about, guaranteed. If there's anything important going on, will usually text me. So then I'm like, okay, then I can you know jump in and figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Any kind of heated debates that I have to weigh in on. Right. Yep. Anywho. That's going to do it for this week of the Zone 32. We will be back to discuss what happens on Sunday. But meanwhile, time for me to make a couple of noises. Nope. Somewhat. And then fucking Grant was like, well, yeah. Yeah, Grant didn't see his phone just died. Yeah, he just just messaged us in the chat, so there you go. Zone 32. 32.